I'm head of strategy for BA Systems. I work for Dyson and I am senior sustainability engineer. I'm a materials engineer working for the supercar brand McLaren Automotive. I'm principal technologist and founder of Kia Technology Solutions. Engineering is the best. It is so exciting and there are so many different ways you can go. I worked my way up through the ranks. So I got 40 plus years of experience doing that. Still, every day I just think it's mental. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean you can't be it. If you heard those engineers and thought, I could do that, then you're in the right place. Welcome to I Could Do That, a podcast by Silver Fox and the IET. I'm Alec Feldman, and each week I'll be joined by a different engineer who's achieved excellence in their field of choice and find out their story. My guest today has over 36 years of experience in the field. He's an electrical electronic design engineer currently working for Trident Maritime Systems. Welcome, Paul Van Wingerden. Hi, um, good afternoon. Good afternoon, or good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. So, uh, tell us a bit more about what you do for Trident Maritime Systems. So, currently I'm the electrical electronic team lead, so I'm in charge of electrical electronic engineers in the company. We have mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, electronic engineers. Um, we've got one or two that do failure mode analysis and things like that. So they do a lot of simulations. And we've got quite a few production engineers as well. And we work on designs for ruggedized enclosures for equipment for usually um, the Royal Navy. And what character traits would you say it's important to have for somebody in your field? I think always be curious. Don't take things on face value. Look for errors and mistakes. Quite often you'll get data sheets uh, for equipment and they'll state the, the marketing line on things rather than the engineering line on things. If they tend to state the information they want you to hear and not any information they don't want you to hear. So look for holes and gaps um, so that you can actually design things to meet the requirements and functionality that you actually want and be open to questioning things. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't look right, find out. So I mentioned at the start, you've been doing this for over 36 years, which is an incredible run. Has the industry changed a lot during that time? It has changed an enormous amount. Uh, I mean, when I first went into engineering back in 86, uh, I mean, that's pre-internet, pre the World Wide Web. Um, I mean, it was, it was there, but it wasn't open to everybody. So uh, when I first started in engineering, we would have data books of information. So we'd have shelves and shelves of these data books in the design labs um, with information from manufacturers, and the reps would drop these off. Um, so these are you know, quite heavy books, uh, and lots of them. Nowadays, it's all avail- available online. Um, you can just search on the web and find it. Uh, it's usually available in PDF form. Um, but I would say the, the internet and the World Wide Web is double-edged nowadays because there's also a lot of false information out there or partial information um, and it's always best to go direct to the manufacturers to get the, the, the core of the information direct from the horse's mouth, so to speak. So that's the biggest change, certainly the arrival of the internet. And of those changes you mentioned, do you think they've been universally positive? Generally, yes. I think... Um, People sometimes tend to go for the more complicated answer to things now. They don't always think that you could actually get by with a pencil and pen and a piece of paper. They automatically go to Word or spreadsheets and things like that. That's not always the best way. Um, And some people rely on that, don't keep copies and backups. So they they lose their internet connection or their phone. They're, They're lost to the world. 
but um, on the whole, it's good. And the pace of change has really increased as well. Now that we can share information out there on the web and find articles and designs that people have done before, you can usually find things that will help. Uh, and that's vastly increased the, the pace of change and the knowledge, knowledge that's out there. That, that sharing of knowledge now is uh, absolutely immense. Yeah, that is, that is very, very true. Okay, so I want to wanna go way, way, way back to the beginning, to your formative years and to school. What was your favourite subject at school? Actually, what was your favourite and least favourite subject at school? Favourite subject? I always thought fairly on, early on that I wanted to be an engineer because I really liked, uh, we used to do engineering, drawing, uh, technical drawing, engineering. So uh, back in those days, that was um, pencil on paper and drawing boards. Um, now that's all been replaced with computer design packages. So I always kind of knew I wanted to be an engineer. I didn't quite know what type of engineer. I could have been a civil engineer or a mechanical engineer because I was very good at that subject. But I decided to go into electrical engineering by process of elimination, really. When I was applying for um, universities, I uh, looked through UCAS and I put lines through the types of engineering I didn't want to do. I landed up with a choice of electrical engineering or aeronautical engineering. And then I thought, how many jobs are there in aeronautical engineering? So I went for electrical engineering. So that, that was the reason for my choice for electrical electronic engineering. Um, and uh, I've been doing that for a long time. I still enjoy it. My worst subjects at school, um, by far, um, and I apologize to Mrs. Guest, my French teacher for this, was <laughs> French. Um, I can remember doing a multiple choice test and if i'd chosen the answers randomly i would have got a higher score than i actually did get <laughs> so um and, and thinking about it that's it's probably because um the structure of french is very different from english and i at the time uh, at that age i thought why would they structure it in that way it didn't make sense i mean it's just the way that french is is written uh, i was better at german but um french yeah really stumped me i just Tried very hard, but got nowhere, I think, one of my reports was. So, given you chose electrical engineering, basically by process of elimination, if we could go back to your sort of, what, 16, 17-year-old self in a time machine and give him some advice, what would that be? Um, to spend more time on the actual subjects and studying. It's very easy to get distracted when you go away to college or university. Um, but you are there primarily for your degree or diploma or whatever level of qualification you're doing. And if you put that effort in early, you can you can always you know, go out later. One thing I think um, that I would say to myself back then was if you don't understand something, ask. People are always there to help. Um, I was always quite shy and um, didn't really come forward a great deal. Um, and I think if I had actually said on some of the subjects that actually I don't quite get my head around that, can't quite understand it, people are there to help. So if you don't understand something, ask. It's a very good bit of advice. I remember when I went to uni, I found it such a culture shock, the way you've, you've gone from like school, where you know everybody knows your name and everybody sort of cares at you, and if you're struggling, the teachers all know. And then you go to uni where there's hundreds of you in a lecture theatre nobody knows who you are nobody is really keeping track of your progress and all of a sudden you just become very anonymous and that makes it so much more daunting to ask for any kind of help or guidance 
and it took me basically the whole time I was there to get used to that. Yeah, and, and you get lecturers with different approaches to actually delivering what they're meant to be teaching. You know, I mean, I can remember a math lecture, lecturer that would come in and would just write on the board for the whole hour and expect you to copy it and then go away and research it. And that's the biggest difference as well. It's not you know, GCSEs and A-levels, you are not spoon-fed it, but you are given the information to, to look through and try and memorise and, and get your head around. Um, whereas where, when you're at university or college, you're expected to go away and find that information. It's a different way. And, it, and it's the way you have to carry on using through your working life. You know? um, I mean, there are obviously colleagues and people with experience in, in companies that you can ask, you know, I don't quite know this. You know, you, you've got experience of this, ask. Uh, and they can usually point you in the right direction. And they should point you in the right direction as well. Um, and older colleagues should always be encouraging and supporting um, younger engineers because they're learning still. And it is a continuous process. You never finish. I wish I, I knew now what I know when I was back at 18 or 20. Came out of college not knowing how to turn a relay on even. To me now, that's unbelievable, but it was true. So, you know, use the resources out there. Ask if you don't know and ask your friends and colleagues and other people on the course uh, and you will always go and get some lecturers that, that don't help particularly um, because they're just doing their hour but yeah and when you've got tutorials and things like that that's the time to ask if you don't quite and they, they can point you in the direction and you can get help that way i completely agree that's what changed uni for me was when i did actually start asking for that help um you must hire quite a lot of graduates and work with them or people that are you know, pretty pretty green, pretty fresh out of uni. Um, do you find that uni has actually prepared them very well for the professional world? Depends on what courses they're doing. Um, there was a statistic a couple of years ago that there are 12,000 journalist graduates every year, um, but there's 2,000 jobs. Um, in engineering, there's a shortage of engineers. Um, I've only ever been unemployed for three days, um, and we're always looking for people. Um, we have couple of different routes into the company we do have engineering apprentices um, so people that come in at after GCSEs or just starting their A-levels maybe going on to an HNC uh, and we also take on graduates directly so the graduates usually will pick up things from an engineering design point of view a lot faster but what is invaluable with the apprentices is that they've got the, the shop floor knowledge the how to um, how to build things, the production engineering background. So they design things that can actually be built and you don't have to think about the design for manufacture because it's already ingrained into them. Uh, it's not always the case and everybody's got different paces. You, you get apprentices that are very good and you get apprentices that are a few years back and it'll take them longer. But um, generally apprentices and, and engineers graduates uh, are all both very useful. And we have a mix of people that come in. And for anyone listening now who's thinking, oh, that might be for me, um, is that sort of available to apply for on the Trident website? Yeah, they they post um, vacancies on the websites. Trident Maritime Systems, until the start of this year, was Age Technologies Limited. So we used to have uh, vacancies on our website. They are on the Trident website as well. And I know that on the recruiting side, they quite often go through sort of preferred agencies, recruiters and things um, that are local. Having said that, for, for the engineering we do, we throw our net quite wide. We're in Bournemouth. We have people that work from all the way from um, Weymouth to Norfolk, 
especially with remote working. Some people uh, only come in you know, the odd day or every couple of weeks they come in for a week. Most people are fairly local and come into the office every day. Um, but since the pandemic, um, it, was, it was amazing how quickly we changed over to working remotely. And it, and it did work, uh, especially as we attended to just um, design and fly a computer, if you like. Uh, and you can, you can do that remotely. Um, the one thing you do lose is that uh, talking and, and picking the brains of your colleagues or the people sitting around you. Uh, and for young engineers, I think it's better if they're in the office because they're still learning and they can learn an awful lot more and a lot faster if they, 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 are, they are in the office and, and sitting beside people. So for somebody now who's thinking, yeah, I'm on board, I'm sold, I could do that. What one bit of advice would you have for them? Think about your path, the way you want to get into engineering, whether you want to go for um, a college, a diploma or an apprenticeship um, or A-levels and then university. I mean, they're all valid paths, but you do have to put the time in to get some qualifications to start with. And the qualifications will get you further along in your career faster. Uh, it won't help after a few years because then we're all on the same sort of levels going through. Talk to your careers advisors, talk to the local colleges, further education colleges, look around local companies, see who's offering apprenticeships. Uh, I've known a couple of people around here from, from the Bournemouth area who have gone on to the um, Dyson Institute um, supported degree apprenticeships and they are really, really good and sought after. You'll, you'll have a lot of competition to get on those, but you come out of a degree apprenticeship and you've got the experience and the qualification. Um, that counts for a lot and i think that's just about time but thank you so much paul it's been fantastic really really good insight uh, so thank you for speaking to me i could talk for a lot longer and go answer a lot more of these questions but uh, <laughs> i enjoy talking to people and, and here to help if people have any queries um, yeah get in touch with your local engineering companies and there's all sorts of engineering if you look around you in the world everything is engineered and i do mean everything You've been listening to I Could Do That, a podcast produced by the IET and Silver Fox. Silver Fox proudly support engineers around the world with their cable, wire and pipe labelling requirements. The Fox in a Box thermal printer can print a whole range of thermal labels with one software, one printer and one ribbon, saving loads of time for engineers in the field. For more information, please visit silverfox.co.uk. 